just wanted to share that with you. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but for me, that just, you know. Into the lesson. Conquering your giants. We will continue. Um, have you ever noticed that when you, for those of you who've taught Bible studies, preached messages, you ever noticed that you trying to share things with other people about the goodness of God and what he expects from us and just seems like the very things you trying to encourage other people to do things start coming your way I take it that the enemy really doesn't want us to know doesn't want us to continue on in the things of God and learning about how we are overcomers. But I told y'all a couple of weeks ago, there's one thing that stands out in my mind. I was built to win. I was designed to win. I refuse to be defeated. I refuse to quit. You know, one of, one of the sports I like is boxing. I'm very fascinated with boxing. Not because you get to badger people and, you know, just kind of bloody them up. But I like the concept of boxing because here it is, you're in this box, and you're one-on-one with your opponent. When you step into that ring, it comes down to either you're going to fight or you're not going to fight. And if you don't fight, it's going to be a very quick But you've trained before that. You put a lot of effort and time into training and preparing for that fight, working on the techniques and skills and all the things that you've been coached on. And, you know, you got your coaches and you, you got your mentors and you've got all these people and they're, they're, they're supporting you. They're in your corner. They're there to remind you of why or what you what it took to get here. And what you came here for. And that is to win. Sometimes you may get a little beat up. You may feel a little knocked around sometimes. But you give it your all. As long as you know you've given it your all. You have a better chance of winning. Than if you just sit down in the corner or you just exit the ring and say, well, I just I'm going to try to avoid this fight. And that's what the enemy desires to do, is to get us to quit, to get us to give up. You you probably talk to a lot of fighters. They've got some other sports out there, MMA. I don't really get into all that. I don't follow all that. Kind of like extra to me, but a lot of people that, you know, get into that. And it's the same concept. But if you talk to a lot of them, they walk into that ring. A lot of them, they, you know, they, they're nervous. You can be fighting for years and you still get nervous when you go into the ring or you, you know, you step into that arena. You just kind of nervous. Like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I know what I'm trained, what I'm trained to do. But I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And if you're not careful, you can be discouraged 
And it can bring you to a point where you just quit. So we're talking about conquering discouragement today. Anybody ever made New Year's resolutions? This year, my goal is to lose 15 pounds. That's easy enough, right? 15 pounds, that's not a large number. First week starts out, New Year is here, it's fresh, I'm ready to go. I just bought some tennis shoes. I've got the get up now. Got my little iPod or, you know, device to listen to my music. Get me motivated. I'm ready to go. The weather's just right. It ain't even cold outside. It's in the middle of winter. I can go outside and run. I don't have to stay on the treadmill. No ice on the ground. Oh, this is perfect right here. First week, I'm good to go. Feel a little sore, but I'm, hey, it makes me feel like I did something. Second week, I keep going. Don't feel what I felt the first time. So I jump on the scale. See what the scale tell me about my progress. Well, still got those 15 pounds. That's okay. It's only been two weeks. I'm going to keep going. Well, wait a minute. I can't work out a day. I've got extra work I've got to do. i got another task. Oh, i got a friend i got to help out. But that's okay. I'm going to miss one day. I'll pick it up tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. Man, I'm just so tired. I feel like it. It's okay. You know what? Just two days. It's all right. I've been working hard. I've been pushing it for the past three weeks. I'm good. I'll be able to recover. Those two days turn into two months. And the next thing you know, two months left of the year. And I still didn't reach my goal. It doesn't leave us with a good feeling when we set a goal and not reach it all the time, right? And if we're not careful, we can just get to the point where we just give up. They say it takes, when you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to condition your body, it takes, uh, initially, you lose water weight. You get rid of that. But it takes you a good six months, six to 12 months, or excuse me, six to eight months of continuously doing what you're doing to start seeing real progress. So you got to stick with it for eight months because what you're doing is you're changing your lifestyle so that you can bring about the change that you need. But in changing your lifestyle, it's not always comfortable, right? So you get to those moments of discomfort, and those are the moments where you just ready to quit. 
I'm tired of eating salad. I'm tired of drinking water. I need some flavor, some carbonated beverages, something, you know, I need something to just kind of spice it up a little bit, make it different. Right? Need some sugar. I told y'all before, them little Debbies. Don't know what got me hooked on them, but I like them. But I have to discipline myself and say, okay, well, you know what? You can't eat a whole box of zebra cakes in one setting. When I was 20, I used to be able to do that. It was okay. Went right down to my toes. I was good. But it's easy to get discouraged when we don't reach the goals. And I'm just talking about something practical right now. You know, a lot of a lot of people deal with that. Usually you hear a lot of people talk about losing weight. Some people get religious. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to get my life right. And it's good. It's a good goal. You know, one of the things about a new year you know, you got the Christmas time beforehand, and you've got the New Year, right? So for everybody, it kind of brings hope that things are going to be different. It's, an, it's another day and another year, just like before. But it's something about that new, that word new, that brings some, some light of hope. But guess what? Every time you go through a circumstance and situation, understand that it's a temporary situation. There's always going to be something new that comes along. What do you get out of persevering through the situation and the circumstance that you go through? Well, you get new strength if you persevere, right? If you continue on. But you'll never experience that new strength if you just decide to give up. To me, when I look at discouragement, discouragement is the point of immobility lodged between success and failure. I look at it kind of like a valley. So if I come from one point, mountaintop experience, right? Or I'm on a hill, I'm on the top of the hill. Well, I've got to cross through this valley. Which means I may have to go through some difficult circumstances. Something else that's trying in my life. I just came through something else and I had my mountaintop experience. I was good, you know, I was rejuvenated. I got joy. I got the things that I needed. I got victory over what I just went through. But this next thing I'm about to go through is going to be a little bit tougher than what it was before. Now, we know that trials come to do what? What's the purpose of the trials? Say that again. Make us stronger, right? The trials that we get are are prescribed to us by God. Okay? God allows us to be tried, not tempted. God doesn't tempt people with evil. Right? Temptations come from one place. But he allows us to be tried. Well, before we're tried, what do we do? He's building us, right? He's preparing us, right? 
So if we're praying and if we're fasting, you remember what we talked about uh, the the uh, what a conqueror, the, the character of a conqueror. We talked about those things. Praying, right? Wearing your armor. Okay? All those things to be properly positioned and prepared for what you're going to face. Well, I've learned in my life that it's those moments that you really ain't praying like you should. That the enemy tries to come in. Because it's going to be a whole lot easier to get you to be discouraged. When your lines of communication has been cut. Even for a temporary moment. That's why the Bible says men ought always to pray. Don't stop praying. This is something that I've learned in my life. When you stop praying, even for a moment, or you skip that moment of prayer that you normally have, it's a whole lot easier. Y'all remember those goals I was talking about? I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm, I'm going to read one chapter. But today I overslept. And because I overslept, I'm just going to continue on with my day. I'm going to skip that whole thing. It's okay. Because I'll bounce back tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll just make up for it and read two chapters. It's all right. But then what happens tomorrow? So what ends up happening is you don't reach the goal. And you become vulnerable. You're at a state of vulnerability that to me, that's what that valley represents is you are vulnerable at that very point. But here's the good news. You don't have to remain in that position. Right? But it's about what you choose to do. How you choose to respond to it. Listen, let's face it. If the world can tell you. If the professionals. The medical professionals can tell you. That the bottom line to what we deal with. When it comes to these disorders. A lot of these disorders. Comes from the mind. That's why they're giving you prescriptions. That target the mind. Because that's where it comes from. The mind is so powerful that if you think a certain way, you can affect the chemistry in your body. So it starts with how we think. Our perspective. Now, remember what we talked about when we talked about the eyes, right? And receiving information through the eyes. You can't change or modulate what you see, the information you're receiving. It is what it is. But it's amazing how we convert that information into what we want it to be in our own mind. Whether negative or positive. So someone that has the same experiences that we have, you might look at it and say, man, God is good. He allowed me to go through that. And you know what? My faith is increased. I'm encouraged. And somebody else might say, man, I can't believe God allowed that to happen to me. Where's God at? 
I thought he was on my side. It's the way you think. What's the first thing people see something that that they can't explain? What's the first thing they say? I can't. I can't believe that. News comes on talking about all the catastrophe happening in the world. I can't believe that. Why not? It's in the scriptures. Why you acting surprised? As a child of God, you should already know. But if you ain't reading, I guess you you get caught unaware. So then you get discouraged. Can you? But I mean, it's just so much happening. Oh my goodness! This world. What is this world coming to? Oh, there's no hope. Slow down. Come on, let's go back to church. Now, I'm not preaching at you. I'm just sharing with you. This is stuff that I'm, I'm you know, there's, there's still stuff that God allows to come my way. It's just teaching me every day. But I refuse to believe for a second that God allows things to come our way that's going to destroy us. Y'all understand what I'm saying? As a child of God, he already said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me, right? Or take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is what? And my burden. He says he won't allow us to be tempted above what we're able to. That's talking about the trials. Not the temptation to do evil. You know the devil can't force you to do nothing. If you don't know, I just want to encourage you right now. He does he he does not have that power. Listen, let me let me this this is what hit me. I was driving to work one day and this is how it hit me. If God himself chooses not to force us one way or the other, then how do we think that the devil has that kind of power? God gave us the power to choose. So the enemy himself can't can't override that. The only thing he can do is influence. That's all he does. And guess what, y'all? The only way he can have any influence in our life and destroy us is through the weakness of the flesh. That's it. That's the only means he has getting through to us from day one that's what he was appealing to was the flesh all this in the world right the lust of the eyes the pride of life or the lust of the flesh and the pride of life right every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his so those temptations that we get don't come from God. It's the enemy trying to pull us away from God. That's why Paul says, walk in the spirit. Live in the spirit. You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But it's easy to be discouraged when you're vulnerable. Catch you in a moment of doubt. Some people say, well, people make me discouraged. I choose to believe this. It's not the people. This will help me. This will help me keep things in perspective. I can love anybody. 
right? So I was talking to the children again downstairs. We have some good lessons. We try to get them in every now and then. I said, notice the word of God tells you what God hates. He loves everybody. But the one thing he hates is sin. I said, now, this is not scriptural. I said, but I can imagine that even after judgment, when all those folks are burning in hell, unfortunately, I can imagine that God probably still loves the soul, but hates the sin, hates the fact that they had to even go to it, go to that point. To me, it's just something to think about. Wow. His love extends beyond. You know, we try to, you know, sometimes we kind of put an end to God's love and just. I think that that's what gives the world the misconception that. Oh, well, you know what? After that, just God is just looking at <laughs> burn. I don't think it's like that. I'm just saying for me, I'm not saying the scripture to back up what I'm saying, but just to me, if God is a loving God, he doesn't change. Right. So I can imagine how hurtful it is to God just to, I created all y'all and look where you're at. But you put yourself there. Didn't I tell you how much I love you? I loved you so much. I came down, rolled myself in flesh, gave my life, made an opportunity so you can be empowered. I can live inside of you, give you the power that you need to overcome. And you still rejected me. I kept you from dying when you should have when you should have died, when you were in that accident, when you had that disease in your body, whatever the case may be. I'm the one that kept you that whole time. And you still didn't respond to me. I think the scary part is when it's God's people. When God is calling us to do stuff. But we're too busy listening to everyone else. Or we're listening to the enemy. And as a result, we reject what God is trying to do. When you're in a point of discouragement. You know, the Bible says my sheep, they know my voice, right? They hear me and guess what they're going to do? They're going to follow. They're going to come. But if I'm at a point where I can't even hear his voice. Because I haven't been studying his word. I haven't been meditating on his word. What did David say in Psalm one? In his law doth he meditate day and night. So here's the deal. Discouragement. Starts in the mind. It starts with our decisions, the way we think. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, be not conformed to this world. Don't be drawn by the way things appear. Don't be enticed by the way things look. And don't listen to what everybody else is saying. Listen, just because you're in the in crowd doesn't mean that's the right way. Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. As time draws nigh, I just keep trying to figure out, Lord, is there anything else I need to separate myself from? I don't want anything to hinder me. From looking the way you want me to look when you come back, we talked about this, I think, a couple weeks ago about the blemish. 
the spot and wrinkle. He's coming back for a church that doesn't have a spot or wrinkle. Not tarnished by sin. What is sin? What is sin? Missing the mark? Disobedience to God, right? That's sin. That's what it is. I told y'all before, if God says don't wear the color red, and you wear the color red, it's as simple as that. That is sin. Did you know that? If God is telling you to do something and you don't do it, that's sin. We need to know that. Because if you're looking for a person that's called sin to come up to you and be hey, I'm sin. Want to come hang out with me? No, sin is the act of disobedience. So if God is telling us to do something, that's something that we should do. But we have to be positioned in order to hear his voice, right? We've got to make sure that we're hearing him clearly. And the only way to do that is to make sure that we're putting into our mind the things that we're supposed to think on, right? Paul talks about whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of a good report, right? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, I know I skipped one, whatsoever things are pure. We don't want to skip that one. Just, right? So those are the things that we need to think about. Notice he said, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Some folks can't praise because they ain't thinking on the right things. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove. The good and perfect or accepted or excuse me, acceptable and perfect will of God. Right. But you got to have your mind right. Thomas Edison was a famous uh <clears throat> inventor and he was he was known for inventing the light bulb my understanding is that he did not invent it but it stated that he made over 3000 attempts to reach success that's a lot of attempts in fact i take that back he made it took him 10000 attempts to perfect his invention. All of those attempts refining the whole idea of a light bulb. 10,000 attempts. But rather than accepting failure for the 9,999 times, he is quoted as answering questions on his failures as rather, I have not failed. I have just found 9,999. 99 ways that do not work. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm glad 
you know, that we are given opportunities and chances. I was talking about God's grace, his mercy in the beginning. He affords us the opportunity to get things right. See, God is a just God. He's a righteous God, right? And he understands that there are some things that will come our way that will try us. But he equips us with what we need to overcome those things. So we're not staying in that valley. When we look at those obstacles, when we look at the opposition, we're not looking and say, well, you know what? I guess I'll just turn back. There's no way to kind of like what the children of Israel did to Goliath. Right. Bible says they fled every time he came. They ran. And I noticed I was like, you know, it's it's a big old valley in between the two sides that they was at. One one side was posted on one end. But there's this valley in between and Goliath would always come down and just would taunt them. He will walk up to their mountain, send me somebody that's going to fight, and they will run. But what I'm encouraging you to do is not to run from your challenge and from your opposition and not to buckle under pressure. Things are going to come along. They're going to try you. They're going to try to persuade you, influence you, and convince you to give up. Just like we talked about those things in life that come up sometimes, you know, work gets busy. You got to work an extra day. You got to, you know, whatever the case may be. Sometimes doing the work of the Lord, you feel like, man, oh, my goodness. Oh, it's just so much. But don't allow the enemy to cause you to give up and quit. This is what I have, this is what I resolve to do. Me and my wife, a lot of times we go places. It doesn't matter what experience we have at what church that we're at. If God doesn't tell me to leave, that means he has prescribed what I'm going through right there. I refuse to move. Because moving means I'm removing myself from the will of God. If God didn't tell me to move, I stay where I'm at. Because I know that whatever I'm going through, he's going to bring me through it. It's him that guides and leads. We haven't, you know, there's been some experiences that we had that was not so pleasant. But at the end of the day, you know, I always say I'm doing what I'm doing to please the Lord, not to please people. Sometimes what people say can cause us to be discouraged. Somebody says something we don't like. And next thing you know, we fault in God. We don't come to church. We don't witness to folks. We don't read like we should. We start talking negative, start exhibiting bitter, bitter attitudes and so on and so on and so forth. That's a sign you're discouraged. But that's not even the end state. That's just the beginning. It's still there in your mind and you still have the ability to change What you think, because the way you think your attitude and your behavior is going to follow. Right. If I think I'm defeated, guess what's going to happen? You ever heard of that? uh, uh, What's the guy's name? I think it's Renee Descartes or something like that. But there's a saying that he has that says, uh, it's a Latin phrase. 
It's, it means I think, therefore I am. Solomon says it like this, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how's your thinking? What are you thinking about? What are you meditating on? What are you investing your time doing? Because that all plays a part. You know, I, I really believe a lot of times we come to church, we come to church, and, and I, <clears throat> I'll say this. Hopefully I was able to follow because I wasn't going according to my notes here. And I know y'all don't have notes. I, I owe it to y'all. I got it coming to y'all. I got them typed up, but I wasn't able to print them out. But um, I really I'm a firm believer that when we come to the house of God. This is not where our worship begins. This is where our worship extends. It continues. Worship involves our whole life. When we come, we should be contributing to the atmosphere not trying to gain from the atmosphere. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We got folks that may come in here. And I believe this. I believe this. I told this to Pastor, you know, a while ago. But I really believe this. I believe there's some powerful, dynamic things that God wants to do. But before he does it, he's trying to position his people. When folks start coming in here demon-possessed. Coming in here drunk, acting rowdy. People come in here all kinds of conditions, strung out on drugs. I mean, just they in that state. God is allowing them to come in their rawest state. We're going to need something more than just a little day of devotion to God. To bring about a change in those people's lives. We got to have power. And let me encourage you too, brothers and sisters. You don't have a clue sometimes what your brothers and sisters are going through either. So it would be, it would be best for us to come in the best shape that we can be in spiritually. To contribute to the atmosphere. So that whatever, whether I tell you or not, or whether you tell me or not, the power of God will be in this atmosphere so strongly that people will have to leave here changed. That's what this is about. That's what, that's what I look at church, look at church for. It's an atmosphere that you can pretty much predict that God is in. That means the will of God should be done. I can't tell about everybody's home atmosphere. But when I come to the house of God, it should be it should it shouldn't be no guesswork. Amen. I'm wrapping it up. But we've got to come. Not looking to gain. You know how people do at potlucks. You got some folks who will bring a dish and you got some folks who will bring themselves, which is fine. We want people to come and eat. But if you here and you part of the team, bring something. It's the same thing spiritually. Stop coming trying to mooch off the past all the time. You should be coming with a word in you. 
Are y'all with me? I'm saying this in love. I promise y'all I'm saying this in love. But I really believe this is what, you know, we want to see growth. We're not just looking at numbers, but we're talking about spiritual things that God wants to do. Some folks might be discouraged. But if the power of God is operating freely in this place and everybody's on one accord, we can have the same experience that they had on the day of Pentecost. Somebody got to be healed and delivered. Amen. That's what we want to see. So we got to keep doing the things that we know to do to prepare for that. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep studying the word of God. Keep communicating the best that you can. I ain't the best at communicating with people. I'll admit that. Every now and then I try to make a phone call or two, but one thing's for sure. If you don't communicate with nobody else, make sure you keep the lines of communication with God open. Make sure you stay in the word of God. Amen? I'm going to have to continue this next week because there's something else that God gave me.